This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, time to talk some college football as we do each and every week. You know, don't forget when you go to uh, the Bet Rivers, your, your your phone and bet on the mobile site or on your computer, get extra value this football season with the Bet Rivers squares. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Just bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. Again, went up to $10,000 in bonus money this football season at Bet Rivers with their squares games. All right, Brucey, another winning week, three and two, uh, eight and six on the season. So uh, let's get right to it. And uh, Iowa, Iowa State, the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you. I followed you on that one. I had that one as one of my top plays uh, as well. Even a, a, a return touchdown couldn't get it over uh, in the uh, the Seahawks uh, the series. But now Iowa State uh, travels to a MAC venue here. And Rourke, who went down after a couple of field goal drives against San Diego State in Week 0, uh, they come from behind and beat Florida Atlantic last week. Interesting little spot that they would go uh, to a MAC venue there. Iowa State three and a half and forty four. You're looking at the total here. Yeah, and I think uh, this is talk about the gift that keeps giving. Um, you know, we talk about you know Iowa and, and the Big Ten, but Iowa State is uh, just as much an under team, uh, I think, as as Iowa is, and we saw that again last week. But I mean, there are some reasons, and we talked about this before the Cyhawk game last week. Uh, you know that unfortunate the the, the the gambling scandal there costs some players at Iowa State, including Hunter Deckers, the quarterback, who is still away from the team. And uh, for this this year's team, this is a guy that Matt Campbell uh, needed because he did have experience at quarterback. He posted good numbers last year. Uh, they just lost a lot of close games, but they don't have that this year. They've had to go with uh, Rocco back, the redshirt uh, freshman, and the numbers are just are not good. Uh, he can't throw the ball downfield, really. You saw some of that last week against Iowa, and they are not scoring much. They only gained 250 yards even in the first game against Northern Iowa when the defense also scored a touchdown for them. So uh, this offense is just not producing much. And Ohio, uh, yeah, it is sort of rare to go to a MAC team, though Campbell has done that before. Uh, This is a good MAC team. We've talked about Ohio before. We talked about them in our preseason previews with Paul Stone back in the summer. Uh, And Rourke, yes, he did come back last week from that concussion, and they won a game. But look at the score. I mean, lower-scoring game, and this is also an experienced defense. We talked about that uh, in the summer. And uh, the secondary, one of the best secondaries in the MAC, they're not giving up many points. They've also played under. These teams have a combined five unders thus far, 5-0 and oh to the under, these two, already uh, this season. So in the mid-40s, uh, defenses, and obviously Iowa State has that John Heacock defense, very rugged, very rugged. This would be the best defense that uh, Ohio faced as well. 44, mid-40s is a big mountain to climb for these two. So I'm definitely looking under, and let's stick with that with Iowa State for sure and Ohio until further notice. 
All right. Uh, so Northwestern looked as uh, bad as anybody could. It was a standalone game to in Rutgers on that Sunday of Labor Day weekend. And they were just a, a complete mess and score basically on the last play to avoid the shutout. But they come back with a nice win and win easily, very comfortably. Yes, I, I had to take those points. Uh, UTEP laying points on the road. Now they travel to uh, Durham and Duke is uh, is 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 chucking right along uh, after their Clemson win. They're favored by 19 though in this game. This look ahead wasn't this much, but Duke 19 at home against Northwestern. Yeah, you you might want to put me into a padded cell for uh, making this prediction here, but I actually think Northwestern's going to start offering some value here this year. But and, and a couple things here too about Duke. Yeah, we know Duke is good and they've become sort of the team du jour for good reason after the Clemson win. Mike Elko, I mean, they're starting to talk him up. You know, maybe Duke's going to have trouble holding on to him. I mean, he is obviously a top flight coach and a Riley Leonard and the defense. It's, everything's better with Duke though, since um, Coach Cut, uh, they moved him out. But this is a little different role now for Duke. I mean, Duke is now all of a sudden expected now to win these games big. And uh, last week, uh, Lafayette, it, it, was a, yeah, it ended up 42-7, but that was a close game for a while, and they didn't cover the number. So this is a sort of a new role here for uh, Duke. Let me say this about Northwestern. They did something very quietly in the summer after uh, Pat Fitzgerald, after that fiasco, and they had to move him out. They brought in uh, Skip Holtz as sort of an aid to uh, David Braun with the thought they wanted to bring in some experienced coach there to help run the thing administratively and really let Braun focus on what he was hired to do, which is to coordinate the defense. And and Holtz has really done from what we're hearing. He's really helped smooth that operation more. And um, and, and though Braun is, uh, is the acting coach during the games, I mean, Skip Holtz is really sort of running things now. And that smoothed things out, and, and we saw last week, UTIP's not much, I know, but uh, Northwestern didn't look bad. And by the way, you know, their quarterback, Ben Bryant, six years in college football. He started at Eastern Michigan, started at Cincinnati, uh, you know, played well, especially in the second half last week. He came out briefly last week, and Helinski, the quarterback last year, came in and threw an 85-yard touchdown pass. I, I think they're going to actually offer a little value because they're going to be so discounted like they are this week. So this is nearly three touchdowns. I, I don't think, and, and since the Rutgers, the, the second half of the Rutgers game, uh, Northwestern didn't look all that terrible. Uh, the defense looks like it's coming to play. Um, I think they might hang around here. And I think they might be the sort of team that's going to, uh, so I'm going to take a lead with these guys that they're going to offer a little bit of value because they're so discounted. And the other way, the other, uh, Duke's playing with a premium now from the odds makers. I'm taking Northwestern. Well, it certainly had value for them last week. Uh, last weekend is because everybody was forced to watch them on that standalone game as part of that triple header on uh, Sunday night that led into what um, uh, San Jose State and Oregon State and then LSU and Florida State. So uh, otherwise, how many people would be watching the Northwestern Rutgers game? Very few. Uh, but still, I mean that uh, you know that affects uh, the, uh, the the impact of the uh, of of them really burying their point spread value. Uh, in that spot. So they certainly were of value last week, catching points, winning by 31. They were over 50% on the third down conversions, plus three in the turnover battle, a complete whitewashing, 38-7 of UTEP. All right, Cincinnati, we were waiting for the Cincinnati's great demise. I mean, they're a great team. They'd lose their coach and, well, and lost so much. 
But they're just kind of chucking along here, Brucey. And now they're 14-point favorites at home. Uh, Miami, Ohio uh, visits town. Uh, you know, so uh, Cincinnati against uh, their in-state MAC rival coming into, uh, into downtown Cincinnati. Yeah, a couple things. This is a hot rivalry, and one of the longest rivalries in the country got interrupted by the COVID year. But uh, this is like one of the longest. It was the longest, I think, uh, consecutive rivalry. They're about 35 miles apart. Beautiful school. Miami O is a beautiful school. That's what a college campus should look like. My godson goes there. It's a great place. And, but it, this is a long rivalry. And since it's an important game for Cincinnati, too. They uh, they lost. They were losing some games back when Ben Roethlisberger was at uh, Miami. But they haven't lost to the uh, Red Hawks, as they're called now, since 05. So they'll be ready to play. But I, I am also not sleeping on Cincinnati. I think Scott Satterfield's got something cooking there. And by the way, Satterfield... I, I think he's a real top-tier coach. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to do quite as well as, as Luke Fickle did here, but I think he's going to do better at Cincinnati than Fickle's going to do at Wisconsin. Look what he did at Appalachian State. He's the guy who really got the Mounties up and running. That program was great. He won 41 games over a four-year span. That Louisville thing started off really, very well. He completely turned it around from Petrino when he came in. COVID year slowed him down, though. That was the second year, and we know the vagaries of that season. And then that job interview with South Carolina, which is where he's from, that seemed to, uh, you know, it, it didn't sit well with the people at Louisville. And all of a sudden, that relationship got a little awkward. Like it shouldn't have. He's a quality coach, so I think this reset for him at Cincinnati is good. By the way, we talked about the portal being made for certain players. Emory Jones, the quarterback, is the sort of player who is made for the portal, or the portal was made for a player like him. Just think about it. I mean, two years ago, he was still at Florida, and he was playing ahead of Anthony Richardson, who is now at, with the Colts as their starting quarterback. Transfers then, and then he's involved, and that thing unravels with Dan Mullen. Goes to Arizona State. Unfortunately, that's where that thing unravels with uh, Herm Edwards last year. Turns into a mess. He gets one more shot, transfers to Cincinnati. So it's his third school in three years. He is performing. He's been responsible for nine TDs already. And by the way, that was a nice win last week at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a tough place to play, and it was a little easier than that score indicated. Satterfield can coach. And, I, I, and I'm not sure Miami O's had a lot of trouble in this series in recent years. Cincinnati's really been dominating, like we said. And we saw the Miami O down at Miami, Florida a couple of weeks ago really get blown off the field. Uh I think Cincinnati is at a pretty high level, and th this price looks awfully fair to me. So I'm going to lay it with the Bearcats there. I Keep an eye on these guys. I like Satterfield a lot, and I think these guys are flying a little bit under the radar. All right, uh, let's move on uh, to uh, Ole Miss Georgia Tech. This is a rematch of the game in Atlanta last year where Ole Miss just torched uh, the, the Yellow Jackets and really put the spotlight uh, on Collins and well, once they uh, then then when they lost their next one, they they pulled the plug on him. But look deeper into this Ole Miss Tulane game, and I watched it very closely because you know we got word that you know Pratt did not practice all week, and then he was not going to play. Um, and and the line shot up from like seven and a half all the way up to thirteen. Crazy scoop and score cover on the late line, and in the original line it took a fifty-six yard field goal. Uh, to cover it. But look at it. Uh, first downs, 19 to 18, Tulane. Uh, total yards, 363 to 342, Ole Miss. 
and you had um, you had two uh, Tulane had one more turnover and three more fourth down attempt failures. Those are turnovers. This is a big time misleading score. It's one of my handicapping uh, uh, angles. It may lead to a bigger number here with Ole Miss, but at eighteen and a half. I'm not crazy about Jackson Dart. I am really surprised about Spencer Sanders coming in, uh, Walker Howard coming in from Oklahoma State and LSU, and Dart not really being any improved and still having a job, Bruce. Yeah, and uh, I think you're right, and I'd keep an eye on this into October uh, because uh, if Dart stumbles a little bit, I kind of think, you know, Lane will have a, a short leash on him, but we, we'll see. Also, last week, Jimmy, Ole Miss didn't run the football that well. That's been their real bread and butter. Tulane controlled the line of scrimmage. They did, you know, or, or at least stalemate. You know, even sure. yeah, held their own. And and I I I think Ole Miss is a little bit uh, vulnerable here. Now, the other thing here, everything comes back to Jimbo. I know I I, I said I wouldn't be teasing him, but have you seen Haynes King perform thus far uh, for Georgia Tech? It's only two games. He doesn't look the same quarterback he was at Texas A&M. He looks a lot better. Now, I, I do know, I mean, two years ago, he was supposed to be the savior at College Station, but he did hurt his knee in that first game against Colorado two years ago. He did come back last year, so maybe there's still some residue from the knee injury the previous year. He looks a lot better than he did for Jimbo. And in fact, I think he looks better than Connor Wiegman does for Jimbo right now. So, one, why couldn't Jimbo get him to play better? And two, uh, you know, why did he let him go in the portal? I, he's good, and and actually, I think he's playing better than Sims did last year for uh, Georgia Tech. It's not These saying guys, a whole lot, though. You're right. Sims. You're right. <laughs> you know, Sims this year for sure. Brent Key, think about it. Last year, I mean, his first game in there, they go into Pitt and win. He won in, in North Carolina later in the year. Yeah. Uh, he's an. I mean, they they've sort of stumbled into. I know he wasn't their first choice as a to be the permanent head coach, but they quickly. He was a good fallback option. They are playing hard for this guy. They're very organized. This is too many points, and with Haynes King putting up some numbers the way he is, I think Georgia Tech's going to hang within this spread. I really do. All right, Georgia Tech plus the 18-and-a-half against Ole Miss. I think Connor Regman's going to be okay at A&M. He's not their problem, I mean, uh, uh, right now. So we'll see. Yep. I thought they were going to be improved. They, 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 they are improved at quarterback, but you're right. Jimbo Fisher, who built a reputation on being a quarterback whisperer, has had a – a, a long run of uh, some struggles uh, now uh, with a lot of quarterbacks. All right, Jerusy, it's about time. It took you three weeks, you know, a couple of games, but you're on the prime band bandwagon. That's right. I mean, what are you, sideline this week at Boulder, huh? You know, next to uh, the Wu Tang crew and, uh, and Michael Irvin and uh, the whole bit. But, uh, I mean, how about the scene, though, in Boulder? I mean, the they rushed the, uh, the, uh, the field. It is... It was it was cool, man. It was cool. Uh, Colorado now twenty four over a Colorado State and a little bit of a look ahead spot. It's look ahead week this week with Florida State going to Clemson next week, Ohio State going to Notre Dame, and Colorado going to Eugene to take on Oregon. It's a big number, but not scaring you away. No, and I ended up making releases on uh, Colorado uh, last week, and after we did our podcast, I took a look at it and said, I'm just going to ride these guys. Uh, at this stage with them, I don't think 
look ahead applies to Colorado. I mean, the look ahead for them is the next game. They're still, this is still so exciting for them and for this new team. And it's like, in, you know, in business and things, a new thing comes along and you talk about proof of concept. Uh, the TCU game was proof of concept there. And they're going to, they're getting better from that. That was dominant last week against uh, Nebraska. And I really think Shadur Sanders uh, and maybe even Travis Hunter are going to get in the Heisman conversation really soon. Sanders is already there, and maybe you should put Hunter in there as well. I mean, Hunter is the – I mean, since Dion, we haven't seen a guy go two ways like this. Um, and Sanders is something else, but they're hungry too. Last week, I mean, Dion, he was still throwing up four touchdowns on Nebraska in the fourth quarter. He's still throwing. I mean, they're gleefully running up scores. And maybe it's because Dion isn't thinking he's going to be at Colorado too long. I don't know. He doesn't have to worry about retribution. The other end here, I mean, Colorado State still hasn't improved too much. I mean, they were really outclassed by Washington State in the opening game. Yeah. And, and that got a little crazy the fourth quarter. There was a lot more scoring than we thought. That was an under that we liked that ended up going over. But the offense really, and, and a couple of fluky plays in the fourth quarter, they were torched by Washington State. Uh, and there's no way I think Dion's going to take his foot off the accelerator here. Every week is a celebration for these guys, and they've got them on national TV. Again, that's uh, kind of rare for Colorado State, but here you go for Colorado. I'm going to just ride them, Jimmy. Uh, I, I think there is something really going on there. They're in the rankings right now, and that's the other thing, though. They, I mean, it doesn't seem like Dion puts his, pulls his foot off the accelerator either. These guys are gleefully running up scores, and this is a team they will do it against. They don't want to give their in-state rival any room to breathe here. So I'm on the buffs. Late in the game against Nebraska, they were running their offense. They didn't care what the score was. They right. were running their offense. They tacked on another another score uh, with uh, no problem. So if you're looking at this big number, it's something to monitor. You know, when we look at coaches like, uh, you know, Mark Stoops, we look at uh, James Franklin, um, Dabo Sweeney did it last year on Monday night uh, running tempo against uh, the Georgia Tech. So, um, yeah, and how about, I mean, I mean, look ahead. They're center stage again. Uh, ESPN, uh, 10, 10 o'clock Eastern. It's a little late, but, I mean, it is, I mean, uh, you know, really a prime, a, a big part of the main stage uh, for them on their third straight week. So Colorado uh, minus the 24. Don't forget to try and get uh, involved on the squares. Single game parlay, only a $10, a $10 bet uh, will get you a square and a chance to win up to $10,000 in free play. It's our squares game available right now wherever you make your bet rivers bets. For Bruce Marshall from VegasInsider.com, CBS Sports Live, BAMSports.net, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.